1: Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
0: Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run! Touchdown! Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer.
1: Here's your host, Darren Preachett. We move into the second hour. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Feed on this Wednesday, July the 27th of 2022. Nine days away from Notre Dame football fall practice getting underway. Of course, my next guest, Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, will. Keep you covered on everything happening with fall camp, along with the rest of the staff. Again, you can check out Tyler at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He is the Notre Dame football beat reporter. For the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. I'm not sure if you're a movie critic or not, but along with being the Notre Dame football beat reporter, I guess you got to be Siskel or Ebert here for a second and give me your thoughts on the Notre Dame social media presentation today, unveiling the jerseys for the Shamrock series game in Las Vegas. And they go with a parody of the movie The Hangover. What did you think? Well,
0: I love The Hangover. And I have ever since it came out when I'm going to date some some people and I'm not dating myself, but I think I was in grade, maybe (laughs) seventh or eighth grade when the first one came out, maybe even sixth grade. I don't know. I can say for sure I was in middle school. However, obviously, as I've gotten older, I'm 26 now. That movie has never lost taste with me. I think it's a classic. If it's on TV, you click on it. If you're hanging out with your buddies, you watch it. So to see Notre Dame sprinkle in uh a spoof of it on their social media today and really well done production we were just talking before we got on here i thought all of the elements were awesome the acting was great i think some of the acting was was better than others on the part of uh marcus freeman michael mayer isaiah posky you can watch it and, and judge for yourself but just the fact that they're playing in las vegas and they were able to incorporate a movie that was obviously set in las vegas and Ultimately, at the very end of that, reveal the jerseys that they're going to be wearing in the Shamrock Series game against BYU. Uh, four minutes well worth your time on the Notre Dame main Twitter account. If you guys haven't seen it yet, I don't know what you're doing. You're living under a rock because <laughs> it was fantastic.
1: Here's the first thing that comes to mind. Should a seventh grader have been watching the hangover?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell, don't tell my mom and dad. I may have just told on myself. <laughs> hey, one thing
1: about that presentation today that might get lost in the shuffle, but I I got a big chuckle out of it. Michael Mayer plays the Allen character, and his T-shirt. Did you notice his T-shirt?
0: Oh yes, yeah. it was the uh, it was the baby, right?
1: Yeah, in the sling is on the T-shirt. That mm-hmm. was that was terrific. Job well done by everybody with that particular presentation. And you know what, Tyler, when you have a head coach. That is energetic. He's got a great smile, great personality. You use it to your advantage. When they unveiled the green jerseys to be worn against Cal, he was front and center in that video. He did a tremendous job in that video. He was great as Bradley Cooper in this particular video. I just like the fact that Notre Dame is thinking outside of the box and using their head coach, who has a little movie start to him right now in the eyes of a lot of Irish football fans.
0: Oh, that's, that's spot on. Um, he's a unique coach. I think not a lot of programs have a 36 year old who played college football, played college football at the highest level for one of the best programs in the country at Ohio state 15 years ago or, you know, 16 years ago, whatever it was. And like you said, he's, he's youthful. He's energetic. He has that smile. I think I've said it before on here that he could be on the cover of GQ and and it would pass. it, It would work. So If Notre Dame is not getting that guy out there on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it may be, they're doing a disservice to themselves. And obviously this is about more than social media, you know, hits and clicks. And when it comes time to play football this fall, they want Marcus Freeman to be a really good head football coach, but it's, it's the end of July. You know, people are still in summer mode. People are still out at the pool and stuff. They want to laugh. You want to laugh in the summertime. That's what Notre Dame did. I mean, I woke up, immediately saw that video. I covered the team, and I was chuckling. And to see Marcus Freeman at the center of it, uh, I think last year, Kyron Williams and Houston Griffith were on the field at Soldier Field, and they tried to creatively do something, you know, funny or special to unveil that jersey, and it just – it was cool. But it didn't resonate like this one, obviously. So I think Notre Dame realizes that it has something unique in Marcus Freeman, and they're absolutely doing the right things to convey that to the public.
1: All right, Saban, you're up next. How are you going to top that? <laughs> I'm not sure what movie he could do, but we'll, we'll see what happens, although I'm not sure he needs to do all those things right now down there in Tuscaloosa. All right, let's talk about Notre Dame football as we are getting very, very close to the start of fall camp. Let me ask you about the Notre Dame football team from this standpoint? Now, you can go individual, position group, or less general, however you want to do this, but what part of the Notre Dame football team do you have zero concern about going into fall camp? And when I mean zero concern, that means they're going to come out, whoever they are, and play at a high level, and you're not going to have to worry about them against Ohio State and beyond. Well,
0: when you ask that question... I wrestled two different position groups in my mind, and this should be comforting for a Notre Dame fan or anyone who thinks that football is one in the trenches. I think offensive line or defensive line, and when I really look at the two, I'm going to give a slight edge to the defensive line. I don't think Hmm. there's going to be any issue with those guys. You have Isaiah Foskey, a guy who almost broke the Notre Dame single-season sack record a year ago. On the other side you have Riley Mills, who I think is going to be a breakout player. I think he's going to have a ton of sacks, maybe even double-digit sacks. And if you have two guys who are getting double-digit sacks, your defensive ends are set. And then you don't really need too much depth at defensive end. That's a position where you can tell an Isaiah Foskey, you're going to play 80% of the snaps, just go out there and try to get the quarterback. But if you do want a third guy at defensive end, you've got Justin Adamalola who – finished second on the team in sacks last year and didn't start a single game. So if that's your number three guy, you're really set at defensive end. And then you could try Nana saffo maybe an Alex Ahrensberger. I think those are two really talented guys who have just been waiting for their turn as well. So at defensive end, you're set. Jason Adamolola, I just wrote about him at Mm BlueAndGold.com in our top 25 player countdown. And in that article I wrote, he, he might have been arguably Notre Dame's best overall defensive player last year, even better than Foskey. He had more quarterback pressures mm-hmm. from the interior of the defensive line than Foskey did, who, like I said, his job is just line up, go get the quarterback. So you've got a guy who's creating that much pressure on the inside, returning. There's three of the four guys set on the defensive line. And then obviously you have to replace Kurt Heinisch. but I think Jace, Jacob Lacey could do that. There's some other guys. Chris Smith, who's coming in from Harvard. We don't even really know what he looks like, but he's an experienced guy, and he brings experience. So there's guys on the interior that can play. And if you line them up next to a Jason Adamalola and you have those guys on the outside that I just talked about, I've got no worries about this Notre Dame defensive line. I think it's going to get after quarterbacks. and Notre Dame's playing a lot of really good quarterbacks, and they have one in week one in TJ Stroud. So if the name of the game is to get to the quarterback in this era of college football, Notre Dame has a defensive line that can do that
1: you know I think back to 2019 I was sitting at a Notre Dame football pro day with Eric Hansen and Mike Elston the former Irish defensive line coach walked over to us and he just started talking about some of his players and he could not say enough great things about Jacob Lacey leading into his freshman year in fact he thought he was one of his most productive guys he felt like going forward. Now, there have been some injuries and some hit and misses for Jacob Lacey, but this is a great opportunity, Tyler, for Jacob Lacey to have a true impact on this football team and maybe fulfill some of that promise that Mike Elston talked about several years ago.
0: I absolutely think so, and obviously you don't want to wait until your senior year for a chance to start, but sometimes when you play at a place like Notre Dame, That's how it pans out. Like you said, injuries, maybe some guys on the depth chart get their shot before you do, but here he is. You know, he has his chance, and, you know, if he's going to start week one, he's got to have a good fall camp because I think there is some pressure on him. Like I said, we don't know what Chris Smith looks like, but he could come in and, you know, maybe Al Washington says, whoa, that guy looks like, you know, one of our best four defensive linemen right now. How are we going to keep him off the field in the first series of a football game? That's good competition marcus freeman told us uh, over the off season or, or about a month ago in his office during our one-on-one visit with him that he loves competition at you know singular positions so right there we're talking defensive tackle he wants jacob lacy to be pushed by a guy like chris smith or he wants jacob lacy to be pushed by a guy like gabriel rubio who's a true sophomore but I really think he's going to be a fantastic defensive tackle. He, you know, you talk about that conversation that you had with Mike Elston three years ago. You know, Gabriel Rubio is a guy that people might be yeah. might have been talking about last year, who two years from now might be, you know, legit starter at defensive tackle. So there's, it goes back to what I was saying about depth and and competition. Notre Dame has tons of it all over the defensive line at all four positions, and that's why I think that that group's going to be really really good. All right,
1: Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Joining me, Darren Pritchett, on Sports Beat on WSBT Radio. So the defensive line is the part of the football team. You can close your eyes. You don't have to worry about them. They're going to be excellent. All right, let's flip the coin. Going into fall camp, what area of the football team, again, it can be an individual, a position group, or something more expansive. What area of the football team has you... I don't want to say concern, but how about we put it this way? They have to show you before you're all in on them.
0: I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say the wide receivers. And I think maybe in some of these conversations, we've been a little too hard on them just because a lot of them are young. Like Lorenzo Styles is a true sophomore. Deion Colsey is a true sophomore. Jaden Thomas, a true sophomore. Tobias Merriweather just got here over the summer He's another one of those guys that we haven't seen in a Notre Dame uniform yet. There's four of your eight scholarship wide receivers who, you know, are are, are kind of question marks. I think we know Styles is going to be really good, but he's not, you know, he could be susceptible to a sophomore slump or if you even want to call it that. I mean, putting a lot of pressure on a guy who has only started a handful of games and that's only because Avery Davis went down with an ACL injury. And then, you know, speaking of Davis, we might be a little too hard on these guys because you can't control a thing like an ACL injury or, in Joe Wilkins' case, an MCL injury on top of a broken foot in the spring, and Brayden Lindsey has had his injury issues. So when you ask the question, you phrase it to where you've got to show me. These guys have to show me that they can stay healthy for the older guys, and then the younger guys have to show me that they can do, stay healthy on top of just being productive. Because right now I think there's question marks with a guy like, Deion Colesley, who has all the physical tools, he's tall, he's fast, he's lanky, he's everything you want in a boundary receiver, but can he do it game in and game out? And, you know, it took Kevin Austin Jr. with injuries and, and some other things, of course,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, four, four years to do that, and we're asking Deion Colesley to do that in year two. So I think the wide receiver group is the ultimate prove-it-to-me position on this Notre Dame roster, and then, of course, you have to factor in that they're they're going to be getting passes thrown to them by a first-year starting quarterback, whether it's Tyler Buckner, who we think that's who it's going to be, or Drew Pine. You know, both of those guys have not started a football game at this level, so uh, they're, they're going to have to prove a lot. The wide receivers are going to have to help the quarterbacks and vice versa. So, um, Like I said, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but everything keeps going back to those Notre Dame wide receivers just because there's so many question marks for various reasons.
1: Well, I know Lorenzo Styles has a lot of versatility. I got to be honest with you, Tyler. I'm really intrigued if he would stay in the slot. I think that's an area of the offense the last few years. Notre Dame needs to be a little more explosive in that spot. Avery Davis is a good solid player, 66 catches in his Notre Dame career, eight receiving touchdowns, had the big catch against Clemson when the Irish beat Clemson in overtime at Notre Dame Stadium a couple of years ago. But I'm really intrigued to see coming out against Ohio State is Styles in the slot, do they move him and put Avery Davis in that particular position once again like He held that position before the ACL injury last November. I think there's some moving parts, and not to throw another subject into this question, but I also think going into this first game, Tyler, the wide receiver position needs to really come through because I think Tommy Reese loses a little bit of his versatility. The injuries at the running back position, doesn't that limit the opportunities that you might want to use Chris Tyree out there as a wide receiver in some formations?
0: I think it does. I think that's definitely something that Tommy Reese is thinking about. Um, he would definitely get, catch some flack for throwing uh, Chris Tyree into the slot and, and maybe he you know, rolls his ankle coming out of a break or gets lit up over the middle, all those things that you don't want to happen, but they do happen in a college football game. So, yes, absolutely, that, that limits some of his creativity with Tyree. I think there's going to be situations where – yeah, maybe you put Avery Davis back in the slot where he's played, you know, after all of his position switches early in his career, once he moved to wide receiver, you know, he he is a true slot receiver. So that's where you put him. Maybe you get him on the field at the same time as Lorenzo Styles. I think that's where Notre Dame can be. They, they can throw some different looks at defenses because you've got two guys who look like they should be playing the same position, but they're on the field at the same time. So now you got to account for, you know, basically two slot receivers. Maybe they're on opposite ends on the field. Maybe they're on the same end. I think that would help him out. Um, I, I think we go back to the boundary wide receiver position. I said last week or two weeks ago that Tobias Merriweather was mm-hmm. the guy to watch this fall camp. I think he's going to be pushing Dion Colsey, and but but if that's the case, it goes back to the same thing I was saying about Colsey, where you know he's only been on campus for a year. Tobias has only been on campus for a couple months. So you've got inexperience there. Tommy Reese knows that. But, hey, so these guys are going to have to step up because there's no other choice. Like I said, there's only eight scholarship wide receivers. One of them is a former walk-on in Matt Salerno. So, um, Michael Mayer, I, I hope you're ready to catch a lot of passes because you're going to be <laughs> split out wide a whole bunch too. And, um, obviously, Mitchell Evans is out with an injury right now too. So maybe you should – Tommy, we should think about wrapping some of these guys in bubble wrap. I know, the, I know the, the fall camp is a time to really get the gears going and get ready for that season opener, but the last thing this Notre Dame roster needs is more of those offensive skill position players to go down.
1: Boy, we're getting short on time. These segments go by so fast. Let me sneak in one more question for you. I asked this on Twitter earlier this week. I'm going to get your answer. Which quarterback competition do you believe is closer starting fall camp? The battle for number one, Buckner versus Pine, or what I would believe to be the number two battle, Pine versus Angeli, which is closer at the start of fall camp?
0: Oh yeah, I saw this on Twitter, and you got me thinking, and at the time I I didn't really have an answer, but I think we're going to need to see a little more of Steve Angeli. I know we saw him for the entire spring because he was an early enrollee, Mm -hmm. but you know I, I cut those guys a lot of slack then i don't really you know judge their performances especially in practices and he was he was hardly getting any of the reps maybe 5% of the reps that we saw during those practices so but what he did in the blue gold game i think changes everything and it makes your question very valid i think they might be uh, this might not be a fun answer but i think they might be equally as close and I'll put the caveat in there that Buckner has a chance to really separate this fall. And then once we see him in a game, for sure, we could say, okay, yes, he's the clear number one. Now let's start talking about Pine versus Angeli. But as it stands, I would say Buckner is as much ahead of Pine as Pine is ahead of Angeli, if that okay. makes sense. So okay. I, th- I think it, there's, there's a lot of competition within that quarterback unit just because the element of the unknown.
1: Blue and Gold Illustrated, BlueandGold dot People need to get signed up now because it is go time for Notre Dame football. Tyler,
0: yes, absolutely. And I want to plug something that's coming out. Uh, I'm actually headed out of town. It's the last time I'll be in Texas before back home in Texas before the season starts. So taking a chill weekend. But before I get out of here, I've got a story on quarterback CJ Carr, who obviously committed to Notre Dame in the 2024 class a month and a half ago or so. Really good story on C.J. Carr going up in the morning about his family, about his background that all Notre Dame fans are going to want to read. And then if you're at home right now listening to this, hop on to our YouTube channel as well. C.J. Carr is going to be live with Mike Singer and Ashton Pollard and Tim Hyde to talk about the jersey reveal like we did, talk about all things Notre Mm -hmm. Dame football. So um, that'll be a really cool watch. And if you can't catch it live, then just go to our YouTube channel and you can catch it um, whenever you've got some time. But I guess it's, it's CJ Car Week at blueandgold.com. <laughs> and based on the way Notre Dame fans have received him yeah. you know, in the month and a half since he's committed, I, I think they'd be very happy to find all of that content on our properties.
1: Tyler, safe travels to you. Looking forward to getting you back in town as we get ready for fall camp, and we will visit with you again soon. All right, Darren, thanks. Thanks so much. Tyler Horker, Notre Dame Football Beat Reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, 628 at WSBT. Hi, Dennis Meisel.